Would you like to know how to pray prayers that God moves to? This is what we're talking about today. Prayers that move God, wonder-working prayers. Get ready, buckle up your seatbelt, and let's move into this. And let's stop being the Christians who don't get our prayers answered, but let's see what God says about that, how to pray that God moves to. We're going to jump in today. This is continuing on in our Stewardship Bible series. This is the RMI Stewardship Bible. Uh, this was bought for me by one of our partners, Corey and Brandy Johnston. And I told, I told them every time I, I do this series, I want us to be lifting them up and, and praying for them. Uh, this was such an, an awesome gift, and I really appreciate it. And Lord, I just ask that every time I use this, bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you. Pour out your blessings. Pour out your favor. And would you guys, would you, along with me, bless them just right now. Lord, bless Corey and Brandy in every way in Jesus' name. This is the Amplified Classic Stewardship Bible. Uh, if you're interested in one, uh, we're not trying to sell them, but we are actually wanting you to know how to get one if you want it. That's in the, that's in the uh, comments and in the description. And today we're talking about prayers that move God. Prayers that move God. Wonder-working prayer. Now, one of the things that I see is that many times believers have been around other people who pray and never see prayers answered. It's very rare. They, matter of fact, it's so rare, watch this and think about this, it's so rare that most people will not go to prayer first. If they were getting their prayers answered, they would go to prayer first, but they don't even think about going to prayer. They think about handling stuff on their own, but that is not the way it's supposed to be. The Bible is very clear about that. And so Dr. Rodney Howard Brown in this Bible has laid out over 100 messages, and we're going through them and preaching these messages because they're such a foundation for the believer, and it's just such a great Bible. I was really thinking, you know, a brand new pastor could literally take this Bible and have messages for a couple of years out of, have such a base and a foundation and, and teach and train everybody. So I thought, let's do that in a series. Let's hit every one of these messages over a period of time and uh, get this foundation so that anybody uh, could plug into this playlist and hear this foundational teaching and sermons and uh, it's just great. So let's jump in today. Prayers that move God, wonder-working prayer. The foundational scriptures uh, are James 5, 13 through 18, and 1 Kings 18, 36 through 39. And the word says this, James 5, 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Put that in the comments. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. It shall. It, see, this is not an option to God. When you pray in faith, what happens? The sick is saved. Whatever you're praying for, that solution comes, that deliverance comes, that salvation comes. It moves at the prayer of faith. It's moving at the prayer of faith. A prayer of faith moves the hand of God. 
This is, it's very clear. It moves the hand of God. Look at, now remember, who's writing this scripture, right? Who's writing these scriptures? You know, ultimately, the Holy Ghost is inspiring every word. So this is God speaking right here. And what does he say? He says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Point blank, period. It shall be done. It's an absolute. The prayer of faith will bring salvation. Prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. They'll be saved and raised up at the prayer of faith. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. You see that God will give a full salvation. And he's longing to give that full salvation all the time, anytime. But he's looking for people of faith. Put that in the comments. God is looking for people of faith. God is looking for people of faith. And he says uh, in verse 16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, avails much. Elias or Elijah, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, one of the things I want to do real quick is I want to look in the Amplified Classic, and I want to go to these same verses in James, and I want, I want us to see this. In James uh, in James chapter 5, in the Amplified Classic. Let's see here. Still a new Bible? Don't have the pages. All worn out yet. Glory to God. I love a new Bible. All right. James chapter 5, and look at these same, these same verses now, and, and specifically verse 16. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now, if you know about the Amplified, the Amplified takes the original uh, language and it amplifies it to show what it means in our language today to give you a better understanding and a more full view of what each one of those verses says. He says, listen, you'll be restored. Whether it's spiritual or physical, this prayer of faith is designed to save you. Then watch this, the end of verse 16. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So you can read in our everyday English and, and read it, and it's true. But there's more behind those words, those original Greek words. They're stronger than the English actually shows. He says, look, when you have an earnest, a boiling, a heartfelt, connected to your heart, connected to a passion of God, when you have that boiling, earnest, heartfelt and, and watch this, continued prayer. So in other words, the faith that we start with, we keep on with, right? When you have that kind of prayer, uh, when you pray that from a righteous man, it makes tremendous power available. How much power? Tremendous power. Put it all caps in the comments right now. Tremendous power. 
Tremendous power available, and he says dynamic in its working. In other words, dynamic means it's explosive. There's a, such a tremendous power, it is explosive. There's an explosive power available to every believer, every person who's walking in righteousness through Christ. There is tremendous power available. This is what every believer is supposed to be walking in. Not just a little bit, tremendous, dynamic, explosive power. And what is the thing that brings that into being? Faith-filled prayer. A faith-filled prayer shall release that power. That's what he's saying. He's making the connection that this dynamic, explosive power is released through prayers of righteous people, prayers of the saints who are in faith. And so, and he's saying, and what he's given us here is, no, this is not just, it may happen. No, when you pray, pray a prayer of faith based on the word and the promise of God, it shall come to pass. There is a security in that. There is God himself saying, this will be done. If you'll pray in faith, it shall be done. They'll be saved. They'll be restored. They'll be raised up. This is, and, and when we get a hold of this and we see, this is what God wants us, this is what God means, this is what God wants us to grab a hold of, this kind of confidence, this kind of trust in him, and it's yes, this is what he's been saying the whole time. All right, now, this is all based off of some verses in 1 Kings. 1 Kings 18, 36 through 39. You can put that in the comments. 1 Kings 18, 36 through 39. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, or Jacob, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is the God. He is the God. And so you see that this faith-filled prayer and this power that's released, it calls people to believe. God is looking for people that will carry a faith inside of them, that will manifest the power of God and cause people to put faith in God, cause people to believe. In other words, they're walking in such a level of dynamic, explosive power all the time. Am I talking about only pastors, only apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists? Am I only talking about them? No, we're not only talking about them. We are talking about every believer praying a faith-filled prayer that releases this power. This power is what God has designed to help people come to the place of faith. And he's looking for people whose heart is pure towards him that he might show themselves strong on his behalf. He wants to pour out his strength and that explosive power inside of every believer. 
And he wants to say that when that power happens through us, that everybody knows is born into this natural world, we can't carry that by ourselves. There has to be a higher power, and that power is God through Jesus Christ. I want you to see this. Uh, before you start thinking that, well, you know, Elijah was a prophet, and, uh, you know, he, he was a prophet. He was a man of God. He was called by God. Look at this. Look at how the Bible talks about it. Because he doesn't go to, well, Elijah was a prophet. He says this, Elijah was a man of like passions. When we read this uh, in James chapter 5, and when you go to verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. So the first thing he said was, he's a man like you. And I want you to put that in the comments. Elijah was a man just like me. Elijah was human, just like me. Elijah was human, just like me. And that means if Elijah could tap into this power, you also. He said he had like passions. He's not talking about he had a passion after God. He's talking about he had a passion of natural things. There were things in the world that he liked like you like. He liked God too, but he was a human just like us. And it says he was an ordinary person. He But that ordinary person made like you, walked like you. Here's the difference between maybe who we've been and who Elijah was. He believed God. He believed God. Put it in the comments right now. I will believe God. From this day forward, I will believe God. Now listen, when I say things like that, many people just say, yes, I agree with that. I will believe God, and they'll type it in the comments. But a lot of times what people don't do is they don't stop. They don't stop. And they don't. And, and listen, you may be live with us right now. You may be in the archive. But if you need to, pause the video right here. Don't just pass by a moment like that. A lot of times we pass by moments like this, and we don't make a firm decision. We don't make a commitment in that moment. And, and he says, Elijah believed God. What does that mean? That means that on the core, in the core of who he was, he made a choice that he would stick to. I'm asking you today to make a choice that you will stick to in this moment for the rest of your life. I will believe God no matter what I see, no matter what I feel. I'm making a firm commitment today. I will believe God. And a person like that, God can get a hold of, release some explosive power in, and when they pray, things happen. He believed God. Uh, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Who's righteous? Every person in 2 Corinthians 5.21, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Every believer is made righteous through Christ. Their spirit man, they may still have some stuff to work out in their head and then, you know, from their flesh man, a flesh man to submit. But in their, in their spirit man, they are made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are. You're a righteous man. Now, seek righteous things, do righteous acts, and when you apply that righteousness and the heartfelt, that boiling passion of prayer and belief together with that, great things happen. The earnest, boiling, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. How many people would like tremendous power to be available to you? 
I mean, listen, we're not talking about like, you know, we're not talking about John Doe down the street, you know, who's never done anything. We're talking about the creator of the universe using this language. Do we realize what level of tremendous power and dynamic power is available to us when he makes this statement? The whole world and universe was formed by his words. And right here, you have a word again from the creator of the universe saying to you that if you are a human that are righteous in Christ and you put that together with a boiling, earnest, heartfelt, continued, faithful prayer, then the same Lord that said, light be, is the same Lord that's saying, tremendous power is available to you right now. See, this is a reality, but many people have skipped over it because they haven't felt worthy. They haven't felt like they deserved it. And it's true by ourselves. We weren't worthy. We didn't deserve it. But through Christ, you do. Christ made it available, and the Holy Ghost penned it in this Holy Bible, in this book of James. He penned it to let you know tremendous power is yours. It's available to you now. Put that in the comments. Tremendous power is mine. I have it now. He says this, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its work, working, explosive. It keeps on. It just keeps growing. This is the power that's available. This is the power that's available in prayer, and this is the type of prayer that God says. He says it right here. He makes a promise. I will move to this type of prayer. I will move to this type of prayer. I will move. And it's not because uh, we're creating on our own. It's because God's already said that when you apply this kind of prayer, I will move. He's already put his word on it. He will move. Now, you look at this showdown uh, in 1 Kings 18. If If you know the story, there's a lot of the prophets of Baal and Israel had gone after uh, false gods and all of that, and it was time for a showdown. And so Elijah comes out there, uh, all, of the, all of the other priests of Baal are out there and everything, and it's him against them, and that's it. And he basically says this, the God who answers by fire is the true God. And so all the prophets of Baal, they sat there all day from morning to night. They sat there trying to get Baal to to release the fire, and it never happened. But then in one earnest, heartfelt prayer from a righteous man, the fire of God fell. The fire of God fell. And right after that, there had been a drought for so long, and he prayed, Lord, release the, release the rain. And the rain started falling across the whole earth. One man, one man. Look, we got so many more than that watching this broadcast right now, and many more in the archive. What if we all started praying together the same things? What if we were in unity in our prayer and we released an earnest, heartfelt, boiling, continuous prayer from our righteousness concerning the will of God? What would happen? This earth would change. This earth would change. It would release a dynamic power, tremendous power. So you see this. In this, when when Elijah gets up, There were three parts that happened in this prayer. The first thing is that Elijah worshiped the Lord. He worshiped the Lord. And so uh, the second thing is 
When, when you start to uh, worship God, what happens when you start to praise the Lord? He inhabits the praises of his people. So from this prayer, three parts in this prayer that happened. He worshiped God. Second part, God showed up. God showed up. The third part is he answered by fire. I'm telling you uh, that this week, in the name of Jesus, fire will fall on your week, on your life, on your body, on your marriage, your family, your business, your finances, your ministry. This week, fire will fall if you will pray a passionate, heartfelt, boiling, continuous, earnest prayer from that position of righteousness that Christ gave us. Fire will fall now. Lord, bring your fire now to every person. Lord, answer with fire in their lives. Burn up the problems. Lord, light up your believers. Let the fire fall in their marriages. Let the fire fall in, in their homes. Let the fire fall in their finances. Lord, let the fire fall in the ministries. Father, we thank you for it, and we give you glory. Listen, and when we pray, we want to be expecting, Lord, I'm expecting that fire to fall right now. It's happening. Things are changing. Power is being released. I receive it now. Now, you saw that Elijah worshipped him. Let's look at that a little bit. He says in verse 36, part of the way that he worshipped him was, he said, that the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. Elijah was worshipping God and talking about his covenant. He said, you were in covenant with Abram, Abraham. You were in covenant with Isaac. You were in covenant with Israel or Jacob and you are in covenant with me. In other words, when he prayed, he was saying, Lord, you are the God. You are the supreme being over all. And the same God that was in covenant with Abraham and answered Abraham, the same God who was in covenant with Isaac and answered Isaac, the same God who was in covenant with Jacob and answered Jacob, I see you as that same God and I'm in covenant with you. And everyone that's, that's watching this, if you don't know Christ, you can be in covenant with God by receiving Jesus as your Savior. But if you do know Jesus already, you are in covenant with God right now. The same God that answered Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Elijah will answer you. He's not a respecter of persons. Watch. But he is a respecter of faith. Put that in the comments. God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith and of faith-filled prayers. Abraham was the father of many nations. God changed his name and blessed him. It was God who blessed him. It was God who he was in covenant with that blessed him. See, when Elijah was recognizing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Israel, he was literally saying, I recognize who you are. I know who you are in my life, and I worship you in my life. I worship you now in my life, and I receive because I'm in covenant with you as well. If you blessed Abraham, you will bless me even right here in this moment. Maybe a different circumstance, but you are the same God. You are the same God. See, and, and put that in the comments. I may be facing different circumstances, but you are the same God. You are the same Lord Supreme, Lord of Lords, 
king of kings, creator of the universe. That's who you are. And I'm in covenant with you for sure. You're going to show up and be a blessing if I'm praying according to your will. So he says this, uh, and he says Isaac, in recognizing Isaac, Isaac's name meant laughter, meant laughter. God blessed and multiplied him, even in famine, when it didn't even make any sense. And there was a complete famine. Isaac still sowed seeds. And in that year, he, he multiplied him a hundredfold in the famine. And Isaac became so wealthy that the neighbor, the neighbors around him, the whole city and, and the kings around him were like, you are too rich for us. You've got to go somewhere else. You're messing up our financial structure. He was so blessed. So think about this. His name meant laughter. In the middle of the time where everybody was depressed, God just kept on blessing them. He just laughed at the devil's stuff. Isaac could just laugh because he was in covenant with God Almighty. He was blessed. Looking at Jacob or Israel, God blessed him. He was a deceiver, but God extended grace to him. How many of us have been that person that's not been righteous? We've, we've been deceiving in that way. We've been, we, and, and all of that stuff. All of us have been in sin. We've all fallen short of that glory. And that was a part of what we saw in Israel was that even when we had messed up, there was a mercy and a grace that God poured out. And there's a mercy and grace for you today. There's a mercy and a grace for me. There's a mercy and a grace for you no matter how much you've messed up, no matter how far you've gone. There's a mercy and a grace for you today. If you'll have it, you can have it. And then what happens? Once I receive that mercy and grace, I can pray and earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of faith from my righteousness and see that same tremendous power released in our lives. So see, this, this wonder-working prayer, this prayers that move God, it's not just available just to the people that we think are the most holy. It's available to every believer, every believer who's in his righteousness can pray. Every person who has Jesus as their Lord can pray and see tremendous power be released. Glory to God. Glory to God. I just invite you right now, begin to worship him. Begin to bless him. Begin to exalt him. Begin to lift him up right now. Father, we praise you. We just worship you. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. You are Lord of lords and King of kings. You are our redeemer. You are our savior. You are everything that we ever need you to be. Father, you are the one who is that all-sufficient one. You are El Shaddai. You have given us more than enough in every area. That's who you are. You are the creator of the universe, the ultimate power, and you will release who you are when we pray in faith. Father, we pray in faith according to your will from this day forward, and we know that we are not set aside and we'll never see our prayers answered. No, we know we will see them answered. We know that you will back it, that you've already given us a promise to move at these prayers. Ask him to prove himself now over your circumstances. Elijah asked the Lord to hear and answer so the people would know that he is God. Lord, show yourself strong in my life. Show yourself strong in this church. Show people that you are God. 
Now, see, this is this prayer. A lot of times, this is, I think, there's multiple areas in this prayer as I'm going down this that can trip people up. One is they don't feel righteous. One is they don't feel worthy, like maybe Jacob did because he was a deceiver. But when they receive the forgiveness of God and the blessing of God, they can be set right with God again and pray and see wonderful things happen. This is another one of those areas. We don't, we don't feel like we have the right to say, Lord, show yourself and prove yourself. Listen, Elijah was a man just like you and me. He's in the old covenant, doesn't have Jesus as a savior yet, and yet he's standing in front of all these people, heavily outnumbered, and he says, God, show yourself. What was it that Elijah knew that we have not known? What was the authority that we've not known and not felt comfortable moving in? It's time for us to be bold. It's time for us to be confident. It's time for that to come out in our prayers so that the power of God can show up. See, this is a confidence of righteousness. Notice the thing that accompanied Elijah was not just faith, but righteousness. There was not just faith, but righteousness. He knew he was righteous to be there. He knew he was righteous in God's eyes. And so from that righteousness, he spoke. From that righteousness, he prayed. And that empowered him to have a boldness and confidence. Many people I've watched over the years, many times what people have done is they've not known that they're righteous in God. And so their prayers have been these little puny prayers, these little small, well, Lord, just help me if you can no, when you know that you're righteous and you have a right to it, see, there's a difference when you know that you have a right to it. it my son, at nine years old, if he walked into the house and he walked up and uh, there was some milk in the fridge, he knows at any moment he has a right to that milk in the fridge. He could go to that fridge, grab the milk jug, and pour him a big cup of milk and not get in trouble for it. You know, outside of uh, maybe if we just told him not to have it or something like that. On a regular basis, he could do that at any time. He knows that. If somebody tried to stop him from doing that, he'd, he'd look at them and be like, what are you talking about? This is my house. I have a right to that milk. Mom and dad have told me so. What do we have a right to here just in this passage that, that dad has told us so? He said, you have tremendous power available. There's tremendous dynamic power available to you today. Dad has told us that. How come we haven't known that? How come we haven't prayed like that? How come we haven't acted like that? And the truth is because we didn't know we had a right to it. And, in, and many, many preachers don't know that they have a right to it. So you won't hear this coming out of them. And so faith is not built up in the people. But when you have a preacher that understands who they are, knows what their rights is, and preaches it like this, all of a sudden people go, I can pray like that? I, did y'all know this? <laughs> I can pray like this? Yes, yes. Even look in Acts chapter 4 when it says uh, they knew that they were uneducated, untrained men, but they, with, when they examined their boldness or their confidence, they knew they had been with Jesus. See, when you have somebody that's righteous, Boldness and confidence accompanies that. Boldness and confidence. So Elijah in righteousness, in righteousness, which we see clearly in James, when in his righteousness, a boldness came on him. God, show yourself strong. Show yourself strong. 
you see that come on him, that people will know that you are God. He says, come now and deliver us, your people. Show yourself to be the strong of the strong, the great of the great. This, this is what's being said. Prove yourself now. Save, heal, deliver, set free, provide. Wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy. Wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy. And see, these are the things that we can derive out of this verse. Let me say this again, and let me pray it again, and you receive it for yourself and agree with your earnest faith right now. Lord, right now, come now and deliver us. Come now and deliver us, your people. Show yourself to be the strongest of the strong. Lord, show yourself to be the greatest of the great. Prove yourself, God. Prove yourself now, not way off in the future. Prove yourself now. Lord, save, heal, deliver, set free. Provide, Lord, for the people. Wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy. And that's what is about to happen here in the camp of Baal. Man, havoc was, was there was a lot of havoc wreaking going on. <laughs> it's like, how do you say that? Havoc was roke. <laughs> there was a lot of wreaking of havoc in the camp of the enemy. And uh, that, that's what's supposed to happen. I, I want you to, anybody who's a part of like pre-service prayer or even our uh, every morning prayer, I want you praying like this. I want you praying, especially these. I, I can show this to you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna actually get a snapshot or get this written out. This one little passage that we derive from all of this. Come now and deliver us, your people. Show yourself to be the strong of the strong, the great of the great. Prove yourself now. Save, heal, deliver, set free, provide. Wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy. Think about if we prayed over every service, like every Sunday morning service like that, right? And we expected it with an earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer. What would happen to our Sunday morning services, right? That's why I'm telling I'm telling I'm giving direction right now uh, to my staff. Pray like this at every Sunday morning pre-service prayer. And at, before every service, I want prayer like this happening in our prayer warriors. Amen? And I want you, you can pray like this. We're going to get this. We'll send it out. We'll put it in the description. We'll copy and paste it. Put it in the description so you can grab hold of it. And keep it up there. Pray like this. Expect like this. Be bold and confident like this in your righteousness. And when, when he prayed like that, then the fire fell. The Lord, he is God. What, what happened when the, when the fire fell? All the people went, oh, the Lord, he is God. He is God. They saw it. This is the kind of people that we're called to be in the earth today. This is the kind of people. He will show himself strong on your behalf. He will. I can tell you, I can tell you as a minister, there was a time when I just, you know, I'm wondering, like, if I pray, is my faith up there high enough? Is my faith up there high enough? Listen, that's putting faith in my faith, not putting faith in God. I'm constantly concerned, am I good enough? Is my faith good enough? That's putting faith in me, not in God. Finally, I just saw, God, you want to do this. I'm your, I'm your instrument. 
and I'm, I'm your instrument. You want to do this in the name of Jesus. I'm expecting you to do it. Be healed. And when I started praying like that, things started changing. I was expecting him. I wasn't putting faith on me anymore where my faith level was. I was putting faith on God. And see what that did where my faith level was weak, but it pointed in the right direction towards God. It ramped my faith up to where it needed to be. And so it wasn't, I had to stop looking at myself and put my faith on God. And what happens in that moment? All of a sudden, people are like, oh my goodness, what just happened? He will show himself strong on your behalf. Psalms 126, 1 through 3. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Think about this. When you move into this place of prayers that move God, wonder-working prayer, it's going to be like we're in a dream again. It's like, oh my goodness, it's working. That worked. That worked. I'm looking for believers that will believe like that, that know that they're righteous, that will pray earnest, boiling, heartfelt, continued prayers of faith in that righteousness and see the power of God. When the Lord, Psalms 126, 1 through 3, when the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. You see, when this power is released, it turns the heart of, of uh, saints to faith. It turns the heart of the heathen, heathen to believers. The power of God is designed to turn heads. The power of God is designed to turn hearts and turn minds to God. And this is why we are supposed to be walking it as his ambassadors. Jesus said, you'll do these works and greater. But you'll see that when the power is released, it captures the attention not just of the saints, but of the unbelievers as well. This is the week of answered prayer. This is the week of deliverance. This is the week of prayers that move God. Will you have it? Will you have it this week? And the reason why I'm saying this week is don't put this off to next month or later on in the year. Receive it today. This is the day of answered prayer. This is the day of my deliverance. I don't have to wait till Sunday. This is the day. This is the day of wonder-working prayer. I have it now, Lord. So, Father, right now, anybody who doesn't know you that wants to be righteous, that wants to be a part of this, that, that wants access to this wonder-working prayer power, Lord, they need to know you. And every person that is watching you, they need their relationship to be going at 100, full steam ahead. So for every person watching Pray this prayer with me where we had messed up, where we had fallen short of the glory of God. The love of God poured out his son to pay the price for our sin that we might be made whole with him and be righteous and walk as his ambassadors today. Pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, today you are the Lord of my life. That is, you're the director. You're the boss. Whatever you say to do, I will do. Whatever you write on my heart, Jesus, I will do. And I believe that you died for me 
and that God brought you back to life, signifying that everything that could hold me down was broken as I was raised up with Christ from the grave to heavenly places with him. I am free. I am righteous. I am his ambassador, and I have an inheritance of supernatural power. Jesus, I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire to be who you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. And now today, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to worship God. You are in covenant with God. You have a right to his things. You are righteous. See in the word what promises await you and the wonder-working power of prayer. See what power awaits you because he's promised it. To be healed, to be delivered, to be set free, uh, to be restored, to be protected, to walk in an intimate fellowship with God. All of these are supernatural miracles. God wants every believer to be walking in every single day. It's yours for the taking. Will you pray the way that God wants you to pray? The prayer that moves God, wonder-working prayer that contains the supernatural power of Almighty God. That's for you today. Pray that way today in Jesus' name. Worship Him. Believe through your righteousness. Have that passionate prayer and don't let go of your faith and God will show himself strong on your behalf. Glory to God. What a message that Dr. Rodney had in prayer that moves God. Glory to God. That's why I love this Bible. I love the notes that are in here. This is quite a message and uh, I just praise God for what he's given us in, the, in his word and how he's bringing it to pass in each life today. Do you receive that today? Just right now, you can put it in the comments and say, Lord, I receive who I am in you. I receive supernatural resurrection power in Jesus' name. Tremendous power, dynamic power. I receive it. Make it yours today with your faith. It's not about where you're coming from. It's about where he is and who he is and what he's made you and receive that power. Let's pray those prayers today in every way. Let's pray this one more time, the same thing. Agree with me. Come now, Lord. Deliver us, your people. You are our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you are our God. You're my God. You have made covenant with me through Christ. Come now. Deliver us, your people. Show yourself strong the strong of the strong, the great of the great. Prove yourself now. Save, heal, deliver, set free, provide, wreak havoc in the camp of the enemy today. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. I love you. I'll see you on the next episode of the Stewardship Bible series. It's going to be great, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye.